we, we've been in this series, uh, Gethsemane to Golgotha. Yeah. And we've been talking about the different places that Jesus shed his blood. And we talked about the curse and how we have been redeemed from the curse because of the places that Jesus shed his blood. How many know he didn't just shed his blood at Golgotha? Right. He started shedding his blood long before Golgotha. Now, when I started thinking about the curse, I started thinking about these things. How many know these things are here on this planet because of the curse? How many like these things? Well, yeah, you, 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 like, you like these? All right, there, there you go. There you go. Sour watermelon. How many know they, they, they come out with flavors now? They have pickle. They have Tabasco. Yeah. Nothing says Happy Easter like a Tabasco peep, right? How many like sour watermelon? How many to you that sounds good? Sour watermelon. Oh, I see one over there. How many fruit punch? Fruit punch sounds good. Right there? All right. I'm going to throw it right back there trying to hit him. Boom. All right. But these are part of the curse. But the Bible says we're blessed. Yes, we are. Right? Yes. What's blessing? <laughs> Caramel Cadbury bunnies. <laughs> right? <laughs> Those guys are like, I should have waited. I should have waited. Now, how many like, see, because the kids are going to get candy, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the kids getting candy. I'm fat. I want candy, too. Right? There should be an adult Easter egg hunt afterwards. How many know what I'm talking about? With Reese's and Milky Way. Yeah, we get your hands clapping on that. Yeah. How many glad you're blessed now? You're not cursed. Anybody glad you're blessed? You, you, you glad you're blessed? I'm glad I'm blessed. How many else glad you? Madison, you glad you're blessed? All right. I'm glad I'm blessed. So we've been talking about the blessing that, that Jesus died for, shed his blood for, so that we don't live in the curse any longer. On week one, we began talking about how uh, we're all part of one family. Anybody remember what that family was? The Adams family. That's right. We're all part of the Adams family. We're all creepy. We're all kooky. We're all a little spooky. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. I know he ain't talking about me. We're all part of the Adams family. We're all part of that one blood. And because of the sin of Adam, listen, uh, we, we, we have sin rolling through our veins because of the sin of Adam. There's only been one who's ever lived on this planet who's not been referred to as the seed of his father. And that one we talked about was Jesus Christ. Why? Because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And he is called the seed of the woman. And because he is called the seed of the woman, that inherent sin that was not passed down to it. Remember, it was not Eve's sin that messed us up. And all the women said, Amen. Amen. I never get you shouting on that. It was Adam's sin that messed us up. God told Adam, you have dominion over this. You subdue this. You rule over this. And Adam didn't do it. Adam is the one that brought the curse upon mankind. And that curse has been passed from generation to generation since the fall. Amen? And so, but we learned that Jesus Christ came to this planet and lived a sinless, spotless life that he might destroy the curse of Adam. And that's why he came, that's why he's here, and praise God, that's why I have a hope this morning. In week two, we talked about Isaiah 53, verse 5. 
We talked about how he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his stripes we're healed. We talked about that word transgression. And that word transgression means I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to do what I want to do. I know God's word says I'm to do this, but I'm going to do it my way anyways. I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. Come on, anyone ever been there? I know I shouldn't do this. I know I shouldn't eat this 13th Twinkie. But I'm on a diet, and that's why I'm stopping right here. <laughs> I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. I know I shouldn't be, do- I know I shouldn't be saying this. I know I shouldn't be acting like this, but it just, it's what I want to do, and I want to do it anyway. Well, that's called a transgression. And the Bible says that he was wounded for our transgression. The Bible says he was bruised for our iniquity. Iniquity is, is, is a bent towards sin, something that's inherited, it's passed down, it's in the bloodline. Anytime you see the word iniquity in the word of God, we're talking about bloodline. And we have iniquity, we have bent towards certain things. We are bent towards certain things because we can look back and we can see mom did this and dad did this. And, and now I'm bent toward that and it's called iniquity. And, and, and the Bible says that he was bruised for our iniquity. And then it says, by his stripes we are healed. Healing is not only in our mind, it's not only in our hearts, it's not only in our spirit. I, I just want to tell everybody right now in this church, you're in a church that believes in the healing power of God today. Yes, you're in a church that believes in the healing power of God. Yes. I just want to make sure you know where you're at. And so if anything is to ever come up in your life, which we pray not, but if any report is to ever come up in your life and you need someone to stand with you and to pray with you and to pray God's blessing on you and to pray healing into your life, you know where to come. This is the place. We will pray with you. And we believe God wants to touch hurting humanity today. We believe it with all of our life. Amen? Amen. He took those lashings with the cat and nine tails. 39 lashings 39 times they beat his body 39 times that glass that steel that rock would rip into his back and rip into his sides and rip into his his, his stomach as they would just lace that across his body and and these guys were trained and they knew how 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 to get the most damage with every blow 39 times he took that. And I, I found something really, really interesting over the last couple of weeks that I didn't share in week two. Um, and I, as I've been researching this, I, I've came across something that, that I've I found to be accurate and true. Uh, there are many labs today that use different tests for illnesses in the human body. Many labs use petri dishes to send off for these tests. And uh, when they do this in each petri dish is 5% lamb's blood. What do you think about this? And the reason they use lamb's blood in these Petri dishes to be sent to hospitals and labs to diagnose illness and disease is because uh, lamb's blood carries every disease, virus, and bacteria that's found in human beings. Think about that for a second. Huh. What's he called? He's called the lamb of what? God. He's the Lamb of God. Think about that. Isn't it interesting that the Lamb of God took every bacteria, every virus, every sickness, every illness, and every disease? 
I was talking to a couple of doctors a couple of weeks ago in preparation for that week's message. Another thing that I didn't get to in that week is that all diseases can be traced back. There were 39 major categories of human diseases. And then it branches out from that 39. But every disease can be traced back to 39 major categories. How many times did he take that whip on his back? Oh, Jesus, just, it must have been by accident, right? No, it wasn't by accident. God doesn't do anything by accident. For every whip he took, he took every whip for cancer. He took every whip for AIDS. He took every whip for diabetes. He took every whip so that we might be healed and we might be set free. If you believe that, see, even he believes that. If you believe that, say amen. 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 This is good preaching. I'm preaching a lot better than you're shouting. With his stripes, we are healed. Now, there's seven places where they wounded him. Seven places that Jesus shed his blood. In the Bible, seven is the number of restoration. It's the number of completeness. He shed his blood seven times for complete restoration for the child of God. He wants you restored He wants you, listen, we're not talking about extreme makeover. We're talking about extreme takeover. Come on, somebody. He wants you well. His death, burial, resurrection paid the price that we might walk in victory. And so this morning, we've talked about the garden. This morning, we've talked about the whipping post. Um, Last week, we skipped last week because God wanted to do something else in this place, but as we celebrate Easter today, I want to go to Golgotha. And as we go to Golgotha, I want to talk about the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Because the hands and the feet represent dominion. Dominion that Jesus restored back to us. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, God told Adam, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And Adam said, oh yes, God, let it be done as you have said. Right? How many know what I'm talking about? All right, we'll move on. He said, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over it. Now, when Adam sinned, we lost dominion over this earth. But Jesus gives us power to regain dominion through his shed blood. Why? Because we are now God's hands and feet. We are being used as God's hands and feet. And he wants dominion purpose released back on this earth through us. These hands of Jesus that once healed the sick are now releasing our hands to lay hands on the sick. Come on. uh, when, When we witness to our lost world, we are walking in dominion, bringing the purpose of God back to this planet. Now those hands that once made furniture was not able to hammer, for they were now being hammered into. Those hands that once held children could not do so. Those hands that once touched blinded eyes were now nailed to the cross. But the reason those nails pierced his hands was so that you and I might release the power of God through our hands so that we might regain, regain dominion over our situation, over our circumstances, over our infirmities, over our family. He, come on, somebody. So when they nailed his feet, it was to give dominion. When they nailed his hands and feet, it was to give dominion back to us. His hands, was, is our, is his, is, his hands are our hands extended, and his feet is our walk extended. Let me tell you what I'm talking about here. Romans 16, verse 20. 
16 verse 20. It says, the peace of God will crush Satan under your feet. He took the nails in his feet so that we can put Satan under our feet. Come on, somebody. He took the nails in his feet so that we can put Satan under our feet. The highest the enemy should ever get in our life is the bottom of your shoe. (laughs) The only thing the enemy should ever read is Nike (laughs) or Justin or Reebok or Adidas, whatever it is you wear. Now, Jesus is stretched out on that cross. John 14, 19, 34 says this. It says, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. Now, Pastor Jared, why would he allow them to pierce through his side? Why would he allow them to pierce through to his heart and blood and water to come out? Well, I believe he did this because he allowed them to pierce his side all the way into his heart because he knew the brokenness of our heart. And he allowed his heart to be pierced and broken because he knew that our hearts would be pierced and broken. See, there are individuals maybe here this morning that you may have a relationship with God and everything may may be well between you and the Lord, but your marriage is broken or a relationship with one of your children is broken or a relationship with mom and dad is falling apart Or maybe there's rejection that has lingered, clears from your childhood. And you try to move forward, but someone keeps reminding you of the pain that you went through years ago. Or maybe pain that you're still enduring in this moment. And you have yet to get free. And Jesus said, I took that spear in my side all the way up to my heart so that you can be free. My heart was broken so that I could heal yours. Come on. My heart was broken so that I can heal yours. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe there's someone, even in the church, that's wounded you, broken your heart. Maybe you've just lost confidence in someone. Maybe they're tearing you apart. And some people never break free of those things. They keep carrying those those wounds with them. They keep carrying them from place to place, from marriage to marriage, from church to church, from job to job, from relationship to relationship, time and time again. And Jesus says today, no, my heart was broken so that yours could be whole. My heart was pierced so that yours could be whole. I want to set you free. I don't want you living with those wounds from your past any longer. I want you set free. How many know that's what he wants? But healing can't be complete until there's a resurrection. Until there's a resurrection. And I'm not here this morning just to be ministered to. And you're not here this morning just to be ministered to. You're here this morning because we want resurrection. How many of you have ever heard the statement, you'll never rise higher than your leader? You'll never rise higher than your leader. Kevin, go ahead and throw 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 8 up there. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. This is Paul talking. He says, for what I received I passed on to you is of, of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. That didn't mean they were in a boring sermon. That meant they had passed away. They had gone on. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. That's the one abnormally born. Now, what is 
Paul trying to say here? He's saying, he's saying everybody else got to see him. Everybody else got to see him resurrected. Everybody else got to see him after the cross. Everybody else got to see him after the tomb. But what I needed is I needed my own resurrection. I need my own resurrection encounter. And some people may be looking up here this morning going, oh, I, I love how everybody, you know, raises their hands in worship. And that's just, that's just awesome. And, and, and look at all the Easter clothes look, looking around this place. I mean, turn around and look at the dresses and look at the suits and look at the ties and look at the boots and look at the makeup and look at the hairdos. Oh, this, this place is just so awesome. And all that stuff, it's nice. It's, it's nice for you guys, but not... It's not for me. God doesn't want to do that for me. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I want you to have your own personal resurrection encounter with me this morning. I want you to have your own personal resurrection experience. The one who came out of the tomb is ready to take you out of your tomb today. Woo! The one who came out of your the one who came out of his tomb is ready to take you out of your tomb. The one who came out is ready to bring you out as well. That's why he meets with this today. Hallelujah. I want everyone to hear this. Okay? Everyone, I want everyone to hear this. If we were on TV, I'd ask the camera to come closer. TBN, come closer. Daystar, come closer. <laughs> ESPN, come closer. That's a pop dream. Never mind. But I want everybody to hear this. I want everybody to listen to what I'm about to say. Elm Grove Community Church and all of our guests, all of our visitors, all of our members, everyone here. I want you to hear this. Everyone who's listening live and everyone who listened by podcast and everyone who listened by Facebook and everyone who listened by internet and by CD in the days to come, I want you to hear this. Christianity is the only religion in the world that has the right and the confidence to claim that its Savior and its Lord is still alive and ready to touch the world today. There is none other. Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. There is no other way to God but through Jesus Christ. Pastor, that seems pretty bigoted. Pastor, that seems pretty narrow-minded. No, it seems to be the book. That's what the book says. And i got to preach the book. And the book says there's one way, and that is through Jesus Christ, his only begotten son. It's a whacked-out world that believes Elvis is still alive and Jesus is dead. Come on. I know he's flipping pancakes and Tupelo. I know he's there. He takes care of Bigfoot after he gets off work. But I'm here to announce to everyone this morning, you need your own resurrection experience. It's not your mama's. It's not your daddy's. It's not your grandma or your grandpa's. It's not your husband's. It's not your wife. It's not your brother's or your sister's or anyone else. You need your own resurrection experience. You need your own encounter with him. I can take you to Thailand this morning. And in Thailand, there's a village whose people are starving, whose children are being sold into slavery and prostitution. Sex trafficking every day. And as people walk around, they're malnourished and they're dying of starvation every day. And in the center of this village is a pagoda that is about the size of this sanctuary. And this pagoda is made up of gold and precious stones worth hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And when asked why their people aren't using their, their riches to live and to minister and to, to help their people who are dying every day, they will tell you that under that pagoda there is a legend that there is a piece of Buddha's toe that is buried there. And so they add to the riches all the time in honor of Buddha's toe. Now take a trip with me to Medina, excuse me, Medina in the Middle East. And there you'll find a place where many Muslims go to worship the dead bones of Muhammad. And this is where his bones lie at rest as he died in the lap of one of his many favorite wives. But his bones are still there. Now we've gone to Asia. We've gone to the Middle East. Let's not go to Confucius because he's still confused. Take a trip with me to a place called Jerusalem and walk down the streets of Jerusalem with me for a moment. And I want you to go to a place called an empty tomb. And I want you to look inside that tomb because there's nothing over the front of that tomb because there's nothing inside there. You won't find a bone of Jesus Christ there. You won't find anything he left behind. All you will find is an empty tomb because Jesus is the only one who has the power to say, I have risen from the dead. I have conquered the grave. And he was seen by so many. And he said, now it's time that each and every one of us, we have our own resurrection experience. Satan couldn't stand him, death couldn't handle him, the grave couldn't hold him, the world couldn't stop him. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. Come on, somebody. He's Jesus. This morning, he wants to restore. This blood, this blood wasn't just shed for our salvation. So many people, they stop at salvation and that is it. Well, I'm saved. Well, that's awesome. The Bible says it's the helmet of salvation. So many people are wearing the helmet and that's it. We call them spiritual streakers. Come on, this is good. Book that, book that, you know. If you know Ray Stevens, you know what I'm talking about. Spiritual streakers, I got my helmet. I got my helmet. Well, where's the rest of your clothes, Ethel? Because the Bible, come on, somebody. Because the Bible says that we are we're to clothe ourselves in the armor of God. We're to clothe ourselves in the armor of God. Don't stop just at the helmet. There's more to life than just the helmet. The helmet is the starting point. But go ahead and, baby, get your clothes on and get ready and get dressed to live a life that he called you to live. Don't spiritual streak anymore. Don't do it. We're tired of seeing it. Live your life. Live your life to the fullest. I close this morning. I know. People are falling out right now. (laughs) They're like, okay, this closing is going to take half an hour. I got 10 bucks on it. (laughs) You should raise it to 20. Um, I want you to take a trip back with me to the cross. Let's go to Golgotha. There at Golgotha, there's two thieves that are hanging on the cross there. And Jesus is suspended in the middle of them both. And these two thieves on the cross that day, uh, we have to ask the same question as they did. As they tried to find out what he did and who he was. And the sad thing is, is not everyone responds correctly. 
One thief rejected him. The other thief received him. One hung there and mocked Jesus. If you're the son of God, why don't you come down from there? If you're the son of God, why don't you call angels to get you and get all of us out of this mess? The Bible says there's another thief. And the other thief looked at the first thief and he said, hey, don't talk to him like that. We deserve what we get. We have transgressed. We knew what we were doing. We deserve our punishment. But this man, this man is absolutely sinless, sinless. And he looks at Jesus and he says, Jesus, remember me. And Jesus comes out of his semi-comatose state. Notice one thing. Notice in the scripture, he isn't bothered by the one hurling accusations. He never responds. Oh, come on, somebody. He isn't bothered by the thief hurling accusations. But he did hear the cry of the one calling his name. Oh, there's a lot right there. That's where a whole different bucket of chicken. Okay. He did hear the one call his name. And Jesus looks over at him. And he says, today, right now, you will be with me in paradise. You know, the past couple weeks, the Lord has had me hone in on that word remember and when, when the Holy Spirit just kind of highlighted that word I thought well remember me well that's pretty simple how am I going to preach on remember me in the original language though as you get to looking this word up remember it doesn't mean just to bring up to memory the word remember in the Greek is the word mino and this word mino means to stay together it's almost like our English word membership. Like if you're a member of our church because you want to stay together with this family. You want to worship with this family. You want to belong to this family. That thief said, remember me. Yeah. Know me, Jesus. But this man, this thief, didn't have membership with Jesus. He actually was dismembered. He was torn apart. And looking back at his story, man, I don't know where it all started. Did it start with the dad who slapped him for the first time when he was four years old? Did it start when that became a pattern of abuse for him as a child? Did it start for this thief when maybe his mom walked out on him? Did it start for him maybe when he felt like his dad thought he was just a nuisance? Maybe this thief had cried out to God before, God, if you're really there, why is all these things happening? I don't know. Did it start as a close family member, Todd? Did it happen when someone that he was in relationship with and that he loved with all of his heart walked out on him one day and said, I don't love you anymore. I'm in love with someone else. But now he's ripped apart. He's torn apart. He's beaten. He's abused. And he gets in a lifestyle of constant transgression. And he's so far from God. But in this moment, he realizes who he's hanging out with, literally. And in this moment, he looks up at Jesus and he says, Jesus, but know me. In other words, I'm totally torn apart. I am dismembered. Jesus, could you put me back together? Jesus, could you remember me? Come on. Can you put me back together, Lord? I, I, I deserve what I get, God. But you don't. 
Now know who you are. Jesus, can you remember me? Can you remember me? Can you put me back together? And Jesus said, today, today I will put you back together. Listen, I don't know what Satan has ripped out of your life. I don't know who hurt you. I don't know who wounded you. I don't know who abused you. I don't know who walked out on you. I don't know who betrayed you. I don't know how the relationship broke. I don't know who was here this morning and, and you know you're in willful transgression against God. I don't know. But I do know this, that God is waiting on every one of us to look to him at some point in our life and say, God, me. God, me. Remember me. Put me back together again. Whether it's our fault, whether it's someone else's fault, whether we did it to ourselves or someone else's sin has done it to us. However it happened, he's waiting on you to cry out, God, know me. know me. Put me back together. I'm torn apart, God. My heart is hurting. My, my, my body is broken. My brain is scattered. I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. God, can you remember me? Can you put me back together? again in this whole series we learned that the blood was shed from head to toe so that he could remember us from head to toe this morning he wants to remember every single one of us that we might not walk around with hurt and with pain and with frustration and bitterness and envy or looking at someone saying I'm not going to forgive them for what they did no he's waiting on you to cry out know me remember me help me today will you stand your feet with me this morning every head bowed Every eye closed in this place today. (laughs) The Holy Spirit's working on your heart right now. Knocking at your heart's door. It's not by accident you're here today. It's not by coincidence you're here today. We've been praying all week. God, there's so many. And I'm one of them. God, there's so many, so many who need your touch today. So many who need your hand extended today. So many who are going through trials and tests. They don't know how, how they're going to come out on the other side. And you're here today and maybe you feel like your hope has been crucified. You're here today and maybe you feel like your future has been crucified. Maybe it's even things that you've done. Like, well, I've done this to my, I, I did this to myself. I caused this myself. I brought this on myself. Jesus says, I even have that covered. If you'll call on me, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I don't know what's going on in your heart, but I know the Holy Spirit does. And this first call, if you're here this morning, 
and you know you're away from God, man, it'd be my honor to introduce you to a risen Savior today. It'd be my honor to introduce you to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It'd be my honor to introduce you to my best friend and someone who wants to be your best friend. It'd be my honor to introduce you to Jesus today. And what a better time than on resurrection morning to allow him to resurrect your life. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Jared, I've never invited Jesus into my heart. Or maybe you once have. Maybe it was at a camp years ago or at a revival years ago, but you know right now you're not living for him. You know right now that you're far away from him. And he's drawing you closer today. This is your day. This is your hour. This is your moment. This is your Jesus. He wants to help you today. He wants to help you today. If that's you, will you slip your hand up, lift it up high on the count of three. Be excited to make this decision to follow Christ today. Man, we'll be excited for you and excited with you today. One, two, three. Is there anybody anywhere? Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Yes, thank you, ma'am. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anybody, yes. Praise your name. We're not here to embarrass you. We're not here to call you out. He's already called you out. That's why you responded. Anybody? Yes, thank you, sir. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Maybe you're here this morning and on this second call. You have a relationship with Jesus. All is good there. But there are just some places in your heart, there's some maybe a relationship, maybe dreams, maybe hopes, maybe it's at your job. There's some things that are just dismembered right now. They're dismembered. And you're torn apart. You're torn apart by it. You're torn apart by the turmoil. You're torn apart by what you once hoped for. Now there's question. Now there's doubt. This morning, you just want to say, Manomi. Jesus, Manomi. Put me back together. Put me back together. Maybe your heart's broken. Maybe your dreams are shattered. Maybe your relationship is broken. Again, you're good with God. You're good with God. But God said, I, I want you to be good in every area. I want, I, w- I want restoration in every area of your life. That's why I shed my blood from Gethsemane all the way to Golgotha for complete restoration. If that's you, will you slip your hand up right now? Yes, yes, yes. 
Yes. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise your name. Praise your name. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm going to say a prayer with this entire church. And no matter whether you raise your hand on the first call or the second call, you didn't raise it at all. I'm going to ask everyone, if you will, to say this prayer with me. We're believing that lives are coming into the kingdom today. We're believing that lives are being changed and being touched today. And we're believing that hopes and dreams and whatever it is that's in your heart is torn apart. That God's remembering things in your life this morning because you've heard his word today. So this morning, everyone in this place, will you say this prayer with me? And you guys that raise your hand, man, say this prayer to mean it especially from your heart. Don't let it be words that come from my mouth. Let it be words that flow from your heart today. Everyone in this place, say, dear Lord, I come to you today and I'm in need of you. I can't do this on my own. Don't want to do it on my own. So today, I give everything I am over to you to come into my life, to wash away my sin, and to help me to be whole again, to put me back together. I believe you are the only Son of God. I believe you came, you died, you rose, and you ascended. And today, I place my faith, my trust, and my hope in you and you alone. Today, I declare I am a child of God. And today, I love you and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Come on, put your hands together this morning.